walking out now. And me walking out means all of you die. My people, there's a lot of them. Won't attack today, but we will attack. Play your games, draw your pictures, sculpt whatever you want, but I am leaving. After that, maybe you should just run. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And we have no Scott. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? Silence. Silence on the Scott. No arguing. <laughs> no, there will still be plenty of arguing. Scott had to work tonight, so he could not join us for the episode. What are you drinking, Stuart? I have, actually, in honor of Scott, we got a Catawba brew here, the Hopness Monster India Pale Ale. Which is mighty fine beer. It's actually, yeah, it is super good IPA. One of Kim's new favorites, I think. It is, and yours. It's very smooth. Um, And it's got a cool name, Hopness Monster. And a cool can. It's quite hoppy. Okay, I am drinking something very interesting. Lining Kugel. I always loved the Lining Kugel summer shandy, so I thought I would try their pomegranate shandy. Mm-hmm. In, in time for winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually good, but it's super sweet. So I don't know if I could drink too many of these, but see. Yeah. But um, but it's a really good beer. Is it? I think I like summer shandy better, which yeah. is grapefruit. I'm glad we got the Hop Nest Monster because I didn't want to drink that. I know. You actually made me go and buy something different. Yes, yeah. But it is what it is. It's really good. Okay, so we are here to cover The Walking Dead Season 8, Episode 7, Time for After. And let me just add a little thing. All the noise you hear in the background, my turtle. Yeah, he's a loud turtle. He's in for the winter, and he is making a ton of noise. And he's our guest speaker. Yes, so he's taking the place of Scott tonight. He's just throwing rocks around. (laughs) There he goes. All right, so what do you think about this episode? Um, I liked this episode. I did. In fact, uh, in it took till after it was all said and done and then kind of reading back through like a recap of what happened to realize how much it was all about Eugene. Really? Yeah. You couldn't tell just watching it? No, I mean, I didn't remember. I mean, there was a lot that was going on and it was Eugene with dealing with different situations within uh, the sanctuary. But it was like I didn't really feel like it was all about Eugene. Normally, I would just be like annoyed that it's just about one character. But I, I enjoyed this one. Well, it's because he interacted a lot with other people. Yeah, I enjoyed the development of him. And, um, you know, we've got an answer to finally to where he kind of stands in the group. True. And I don't know that I don't know that fully he understood where he stood in the group until until, you know, um, Dwight finally skeet shot his iPod out of the air. <laughs> and then he would <laughs> start. He let Gabriel know. You know, how pissed off he was. And I think he finally turned full circle into being uh, backing Sanctuary. Although he he showed a little bit humanity 
because he didn't completely um, red out Dwight at the very end there. But um, yeah, I mean, we you know we see he's he's he and Dwight have switched roles really. They yeah. switch places, although Dwight can't make bullets. That's true. I really like this episode too. A lot of people said that they thought it was kind of slow, but I, I didn't it, feel that. I, I didn't, didn't feel either. it was slow at all. I thought it was a good pace. And because it was Eugene, I think that's why it makes it so easy to swallow an episode about just one character because he has his hilarious one liners. Mm -hmm. And even when he was kind of like pseudo yelling at um, Father Gabriel in bed, that was actually very funny to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, he still makes it funny when he's yelling at somebody. Yeah. Well, I, okay. My first comment maybe did sound a little dumb that it felt like it was all just about Eugene. I, I didn't realize it was all about Eugene. I knew it was about Eugene. I didn't feel annoyed about it being all about Eugene. Okay. Because in the past, he does. He has like the annoying one-liners. Not. A, it's just if it's too much of it, it's it's just it it, it gets annoying. I guess mm -hmm. in that way. And um, in this one. I wasn't annoyed by him. Although his starting conversation with Dwight, I, he was a little mumbly, and I couldn't understand exactly what he was talking about. It's still mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, was, I wasn't annoyed by, you know, his constantly turning simple phrases into something so complex you had to really think about, like, what is he actually saying? Like, I need you to cease and desist all betrayals and backstabbery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot <laughs> of a lot of that. Um, but uh, Eugene and King Ezekiel should hook up. Well, I mean, that's why Eugene and um, Big Red were such a perfect match because they both talked in these weird, in this weird dialect. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think the fact that Eugene kind of came around during this episode to declare himself definitely a member of the Saviors um, speaks a lot to him. In that what we were, I think we were talking about this last episode about how he just kind of goes with whatever group is going to save his hide, basically, mm -hmm. whatever one is the most powerful group. And it, I think he deep down does have some sort of alliance towards Rick's group and especially Rosita. I mean, Rosita and him have been through a lot, especially with Abraham dying. But um, I think that. And, and, of course, that speaks to him not ratting out Dwight, mm -hmm. right? But I think that him, he kind of, like, stood up for himself to Negan, and he stood up for himself to Dwight. He's, like, coming, he's like coming around. He's, like, maturing as a character. Well, in, in that scene where he and Dwight are talking at the beginning, and Dwight is trying to convince him that the sanctuary is dead and done... Mm -hmm. and to give up on all this. It was very surprising to see him not just go directly towards what Dwight was saying and say, yes, mm -hmm. you know, let's help you out. I mean, he he reiterates he does not stick his neck out for anybody. So I, I, I was surprised that he didn't, he didn't just switch roles at that point. I think when Daryl crashed the truck into the building and the walkers started coming in, and he understood what that meant to everybody inside the building. I think, and you could tell, you could see the pain on his face. Like he was freaking out, like thinking he was going to die. I think that's what kind of threw him over the edge and got him to, you know. With Eugene? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And but he I'm threw saying, his weight behind. 
Negan. I, I guess what I'm saying, what I didn't explain enough is that he, when he's having that discussion with Dwight, he's standing up to Dwight and saying, no, I'm on Negan's side. Right. And that happened before the Walkers came in, right? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, there was a very surprising uh, scene for him to stand up to anybody. And to stand up to someone saying that I don't stick my neck out and don't stand up to people at the same time, you know? I mean, he's 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 saying that he's safe there, and he's not going to jeopardize his own safety. Why do you think he's more safe with the sanctuary than with Alexandrians? Like, do you think because he saw Negan kill Glenn and Abraham the way he did that that's why he's putting his weight behind Negan? Like, he knows the brutality that Negan has, whereas Rick can kind of be wishy-washy on his decisions? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it goes that deep. I think he's getting um, he's getting spoiled with all his riches and stuff that he gets at the sanctuary. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah, how could you feel safe anytime? I mean, when they say Negan wants to meet you, you could see that he was, you know, noticeably nervous about, oh, I gotta go talk to Negan now. So he's not he's obviously not comfortable there. So why would he think that he's actually safe? Well, at Alexandria, he had a really nice place to live. They have really nice houses there. Mm. He had his own bed. The only thing he didn't really have were his video games and his bucket of pickles. Yeah. Dude, maybe it's the pickles. I don't know. Pickles would do it for me. Really? No. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> a nice crisp pickle? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. On a hot summer day, I, it, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make any sense. Other than, I mean, he is I'm, in both areas. He was respected for his knowledge in somewhat, some way. Mm-hmm. Um, even though both sides knew that there were limitations to that knowledge. Well, there's there's intelligence there of, uh, from a mechanical and scientific standpoint, um, which normally people call that book smart. <laughs> and then there is. There's other intellect that was not quite there, like having a normal conversation with people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people find, you know, they knew he was weird, but they knew he was intelligent. Mm-hmm. That's why they believed he was extremely intelligent in the first place. Why and Abraham and them followed him to Virginia in the first place, because they thought this guy must be so weird. He knows something that we do not know. <laughs> so, That's true. And he had a good story. Uh, when Eugene is talking to um, Father Gabriel, mm-hmm. and the, I guess he talked to him twice, right? Like the first time Father Gabriel's asking him to get Dr. Carson out, and that's when he says he doesn't want to stick his neck out. But then the second time, uh, Eugene is pretty much yelling at him and saying that he's not going to do what he wants. Do you think... I mean, I'm thinking that he probably was taking his frustrations out on Father Gabriel because he was the only person from Alexandria, from that group, that Mm -hmm. was present, Mm -hmm. that he had the opportunity to even speak with. Otherwise, he probably would have said that to Rick or wanted to say that to Rick. Well, yeah, he was having a conflict, internal conflict, um, as to what he did do. I mean, he was still trying to... I think that's... Here, you know, he is... In a position where he's having to do what Negan says and what his people want, but he doesn't necessarily wholeheartedly believe in what he's doing at the sanctuary. I think 
his discussion when when he's having it with Dwight initially is probably almost trying to convince himself that he does he doesn't want to deal with Dwight because mm-hmm. he's he's saying I've got it good here, but really he's probably just weak in that he doesn't want to test the waters, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, go through with a plan that could end up killing him. Um, it may not be that he likes it better at the sanctuary, but he knows that he's not dead yet. <laughs> and so when he's talking to Father Gabriel the first time, he may be slightly convinced by Father Gabriel, you know, saying, well, we got to get the doctor out of here. Mm-hmm. So when he goes back, it's to reiterate the conversation that, listen, I didn't make myself clear before, but I'm making myself clear now that I'm not doing that because... You guys are, you know, I mean, he he even says it to, he says it to um, Negan. You know, he's like, whatever you want to do to Rick, I don't care. Yeah. You know, at that point, he's he's completely flipped. And that's not the way he was at the beginning of the episode. I think Negan was pretty surprised about that comment, too. Yeah. Because Negan's kind of expecting, well, Negan obviously was expecting him to be the rat. The Do way, you think so? Yeah. You think so? In that conversation, okay, that's that's a good point. That's a good thing to bring up because I I didn't pull that out of the conversation when he full first pulled him up there for the meeting. You did you think that that's why he brought him up there? Yeah. Really? I, I, like even what was it? Last episode was when we first start, saw this, right? Like it makes sense. I mean, it makes total sense that he would be the one turning. Of course. Yeah, he's got the intelligence. He thinks he can pull one over on Negan. Well, and he used to be a part of the group. Rick's group. Right. Under, yeah, I know. So that's the biggest part. Like, if you already have some sort of alliance towards a group, you're going to stick with them, usually with between, you know, in thick and thin. But, um, um, and there's no reason for him to join Negan's group because he saw his best friend bludgeoned to death in front of his very eyes in a very brutal way. Mm-hmm. So... It just makes sense. So I think that Negan was super surprised when he's like, nope, I'm with you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And here's how we're going to do it. And I've already got ideas for it. And it's good to go. Let's make it happen. Yeah, you're freaking awesome. Really yeah, love you. You're cool. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, d- during that conversation, how did he start that out? I'm trying to remember how he, uh, Negan, when he Negan brought him into the room. He was he was trying he was asking him about he better have a pretty damn good idea yeah for how they're going to get out of the situation and that's why I think that he did think that um, Eugene was with Rick because he's like if you don't have a good idea I'm not going to trust you which is you know what, what I mean he said it's from like when they first got attacked right. he said if you don't have a good idea you're dead exactly pretty much like you're either going to be a hero or you're dead exactly. Okay. And that proves that Negan was still a little leery about him. Okay. I, I wasn't pulling that from him, but it makes sense. And, in fact, I even questioned that in my mind while I was watching. Why would he have any trust for Eugene to the point where he's setting him so high up on a pedestal? If If Eugene has a good idea to get them out of that situation, it means that he is screwing Rick's group somehow. Yeah, and if they if he was truly one of their friends yeah. and loyal to them, he would not do anything to mess that group up. Well said, I agree with that. So, um, which is why I think that he got so emotional when he um, 
was talking to both Dwight and Father Gabriel about how he was going to be loyal and wasn't going to flip on Dwight and wasn't going to assist Father Gabriel in his mission either. Because he's pretty much saying, well, I'm, I'm fucking everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he understands, I mean, he obviously understands what he's getting ready to do, what the consequences are going to be mm-hmm. for Rick and his people. So um, it's back to the one thing I did say. And the other stuff was probably complete crap. But the one <laughs> thing I did say is that he's convincing himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to sell himself. Nothing you say is crap, thing. honey. Well, it's That's crap. It's not it's not based in anything. It's whatever. Conjecture. Right. Okay, so I was a little nervous for um, Father Gabriel when the walkers actually came in. Because he's, like, locked up in that room by himself. Yeah. What floor is he on? I don't even know what floor he's on. But all somebody has to do is open the door and he's screwed. You know, for all the development of Father Gabriel, and I've said it before, like, he has developed into a much more likable character. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a ton of concern for Father Gabriel this entire episode. (laughs) You know, even when he got locked in the uh, trailer with Negan, mm-hmm. I wasn't super concerned. Like, oh, my God, is Father Gabriel going to get out of there? That's not nice. That's not a nice thing. Like, I feel bad about that. <laughs> it's not very Christian of you. No, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not very Christian of you. <laughs> he is, as Negan said many times, he's very he's weird. But you like him now. I do like him, but I'm not like, ah, oh, God, they got to get Father Gabriel out of there. No, I actually feel the same way. Which is, I don't know why that is. Well. He's weird. <sighs> he's kind of just a weird guy. He's a weird character, and just like Eugene, he's kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Yeah. Over the years. Um, and he didn't start out very likable by abandoning all of his people outside the church. No, that's true. So. Yeah, but he's proved himself time and time again. In this season. Yeah, but you know, in this past season, he's gotten a little bit wonky. Like He's gotten a lot weirder. Like, he just yeah. shows up at odd. Like, even, the, I think the best scene was when Negan showed, the season Negan showed up, and Father Gabriel was standing right there. He's like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Because he, he is creepy. He's like the little guy that just yeah. pops up every now and then. Like, hey, he's how like, are you? He's like, God damn, you are a creepy son of a bitch. <laughs> he is. He is creepy. And when when they are locked in the trailer and Father Gabriel's like, you know, talking about you need to be saved. And Negan's like, well, all right. <laughs> like, uh, I think I'm fine, Padre. <laughs> I'm completely making up lines now. But anyway, so something to that it's effect. It's all similar. <laughs> Sounds like something you would say. Yeah, you're right. But I, I still feel kind of bad for the guy and i still think he's going to be the one one of the people that dies next week if not next week he's going to die very very soon but again i know and i don't feel bad about that i know i feel bad about not feeling bad about that i know that's the weird thing i know so sad all right well well whatever um (laughs) moving on (laughs) but before we leave father gabriel okay why is he sick I've told you why he's sick. Yeah. Let's, maybe we should tell. Recap? Yeah, maybe we should tell <laughs> our fans again why we th- think he's sick. I still believe, you. Um, not Eugene, sorry. Father Gabriel is sick because 
of the walker guts that he put on himself with Negan in the trailer and that those walker guts were somehow tainted with whatever chemical was in those barrels. Because you thought that there were chemicals that got on the other walkers, which is why some of the other walkers look like they were burned in the past and melted. three yeah. or four episodes. that They've been nasty looking. They've- Starting with the powder walker. The powder walker. There was the one that uh, Ezekiel said, well, that what happened to that guy? Oh, yeah. Well, they we've been seeing walkers like this since the season premiere of 8. Oh, okay. And they've featured prominently in every show. So, yeah. Has there been any other discussion by other people about that? I know this is not the news segment, but has there been, like, online chatter about that? There's been a lot of chatter about oh, that. Oh, really? Okay. And a lot of people agree with me. So there. But they agree with you or they agree on a subject? On this subject. <laughs> They're like, Kim's right. They have not stated my name in their discussions, <laughs> okay. but we all kind of agree on the same thing. So, yeah, people are saying toxic waste, um, nuclear waste, you know, different things like that. So some sort of chemical is in that barrel or in those barrels from the chemical outpost mm. that um, is affecting these walkers. Okay, so we... So why would it be that um, this would happen to Gabriel but not Negan since they didn't they use the same walker? Well, there's a theory the about on? that too. So leather. If I would not have picked up on this if I had not read it somewhere else, so I'm not going to take credit for this. But um, if you remember in the trailer, mm. Negan pops him in the nose. Yeah, he right punched before, Gabriel in the face. Yeah, yeah, right before, and he was bleeding a little bit, so he had an open wound. And so when they put those guts on them, it probably got into that open wound. Oh, Negan did not have an open wound, so therefore he was not affected or infected. I find it hard to believe that in this world, when these guys are fighting quite so much, that you wouldn't have an open wound, like, all the time. Like, no matter how small it might be. Especially Negan. Yeah. Um, because he does fight a lot. And even just shaving. Like, I'm sure they've all got razors somewhere. Yeah, and just pushing these things out of the way. Yeah, little things here and there would nick you and Yeah, catching your arm on a door, whatever. Trying to think of something funny. Not coming to me right now. It's kind of weird that they would do this because we've had so many other characters, even on on Fear the Walking Dead, who have done this exact same thing with putting walker guts on them, Mm -hmm. and they've come out perfectly fine. But, um, and so I think the writers have to create some sort of opening, as it were, for this to have an effect. So him, yeah, so him getting bonked in the nose right before they put the guts on them. So, yeah, it's it's some sort of excuse for why it could possibly happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And... These are extra strong zombie guts, I guess you could say. So they're not they're not just normal guts. They are affected by whatever freaky chemical is going on. So they're extra strong, in other words. I just don't see why it would not affect Negan. I mean, I understand. You just gave me an excuse. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it. Well. I, I have to be the Scott in this one. Don't buy it. <laughs> not happening. False. And I'm actually going to bring the exact same thing up five minutes later and be like, I still don't buy the Walker gut thing. <laughs> you go right ahead. I'll argue it to your death. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's why I think he's probably going to be dead pretty soon because this seems to be going through his system very quickly Yeah, for him to end up in bed like he is and just sweating good. buckets of 
Blech. So, yeah. Buckets of blech. Buckets of blech. Not blood. <laughs> well, I mean, that, before we completely jump off of Eugene, because we don't have enough stuff to talk about with Eugene in this episode. Never. <laughs> so he has made this deal with one of Negan's brides, his, his wives, yeah. to, uh, which happens to be um, the one that he had, they had come to him before to try and poison Negan, right? Mm-hmm. And um, to, to fix this boombox for wine because he needed the wine to help him sleep. Ugh. Yeah, that was a gross, gross scene. Oh, you're talking about when he throws the wine up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that was at the end. I know. Ugh. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, but it's 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 a fun tie-in because he's ends, he ends up using the boombox as a, well, he gets an idea of using the sound. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny because the other people were using the fat lady. Oh, right. Which were all the speakers anyway. So who, who came up with that idea in the first place? That's smart. Yeah. So I, I guess Eugene that. had nothing to do with that one originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did he? I don't know. But he sees, okay, we got the, he's got the speakers from the boombox that he can make the little um, drone out of and fly with the iPod. And he went down to, um, he went down to the storage shed to get the iPod out of Sasha's coffin. Yeah, Sasha's coffin. Right, which is another instance where he had to confront who he was as a person. Yeah. And his humanity and morality. Because he is directly responsible, I think, for her death. And he's going down there because he knows, ah, there's that iPod that was down in her coffin that I can use. And it happens to be one of his old friends that died at the hands of Negan. Exactly. So that he can help save Negan. Exactly. And he really likes Sasha. He's like total dirtbag in this episode. He kind of is. He's becoming more and more of a dirtbag. Hmm. But, um, but yeah, if it weren't for him, uh, Sasha would have never had those, which also ties back into wife Tanya. She, he, she would have never had the um, pills to kill herself, which Tanya and her sister wife had uh, requested yeah, yeah, that right, he make right. for Negan to die. It all circles back. I was wondering about that scene with that scene where he does see her coffin and what was going through his head. Um, I know it's going through my head. What? Don't fucking open that coffin. I, w- I know. Yeah. I was kind of worried about what might be in that coffin. Yes, I was totally picturing. And then when they actually showed the flashback of her face, I was like, oh, my God, she's back in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking, surely they didn't put her back in there and then yeah, put yeah. her in the storage closet because that would be horrible. Yeah, like what was going through his mind when he saw that coffin and had to relive all of that stuff? And how did that influence his decision to be pro-Negan? He's a robot. He just keeps moving in the direction that he's moving. I mean, yeah, he does. He gets affected by some of this stuff, but it's like he just keeps he keeps seeing himself and his own existence as like the goal. Mm -hmm. And so if he has that's the only thing that does motivate him to do anything out of his own comfort zone is that he's going to die if he doesn't do it. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, he doesn't do anything. That's true. He just sits and plays video games. Yes. Back to the glider thing. That was actually very creative. Um, I didn't realize he had taken the speakers off the boombox. Did he actually do that? I, I, that's what I was assuming he was doing. Because he was, he started, he was fiddling with the boombox and all of a sudden you saw like a light bulb appear above his head. No, it was like, <laughs> you saw like that he had an idea. You know, he had, you saw like there was that pause of like, ah. And then all of a sudden, that's when he went down to get the iPod. 
Um, so it, maybe it could have been about sound. I don't. I don't think iPods have speakers on them. That's what I was going to yeah, say. So I was wondering I think, how they were able to hear anything through the iPod. Yeah. So he would have to have done something like that. I don't know if we ever saw like the underside of the whole thing, but I think that's what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls, that's a plug for STEAM and STEM classes. He was able to make a robot on the spot. Oh. Okay. Engine building. Okay. He did that. Sweet. Nerding out. Good. Nerd, totally nerding out. Okay. Good. Yeah. I was very impressed. And incorporated the um, aerodynamics of a kite. <laughs> Still going here. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Which, that one was a little weird to me that it would have actually fly, but I'm not going to get like too technical on this thing. <laughs> Might need a rudder. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It worked, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the the interesting thing about the flight when he... So he gets confronted by Dwight out there, who's like, don't do it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's at the same time when Daryl and crew is getting ready to drive the truck right through the front door. Very coincidence. Yeah. Coincidental. It's a, it's, it was a good coincidence, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, but how come Dwight shot the, the bird instead of uh, Eugene? Because Dwight's not a bad guy. I mean, he's not as bad a guy as he's always been made out to be. That's why he's even doing what he's doing. Well, he got lucky in that the truck did come through at the same time because if he had shot that gun, no matter what he was shooting at, Negan would have been like, what the fuck are you shooting your gun at? Well, yeah, I mean, I actually thought about that. It probably would have almost been better for him to shoot Eugene and -hmm. made up some story than it would have been to shoot that glider and leave Eugene alive. And have Eugene tell on him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he, I mean, he made the decision and it, it worked out because that's what writers do. But if he had shot the glider, then the it would have led the walkers away, which would have kind of screwed up things. Even if the truck is coming in at the same time, the, pe- the people, the walkers in the back would have probably been led away. They would have been like, what was that? They would have been led to where the glider fell. I'm not understanding your point. Oh, whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ugh, Jesus. Okay, so move. I think moving on to Michonne and them oh, in the truck. Yeah, what was that craziness about? So Rosita and finally Michonne decide we're not part of this. Yeah, they were pissed off enough to, to originally say, yeah, let's do it, let's get them. But um, first of all, I think Michonne realized and understood how pissed off Rick was going to be when he finds out that this is, whole thing has gone down. You, so they're, you think they're worried about Rick's reaction? I think Michonne was a little bit. I mean, she is in a in a relationship with the man, and she's directly defying his orders. I, I think I think the real motivator for them to not do it was that listen, we could be really screwing up the situation here. Mm-hmm. They're blocked. They're stuck in this factory thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything seems to be going to plan. You know, going with the plan. Why are we going to interrupt it now by doing something drastic and risky? Well, they kept saying, "Just wait a couple more days, and it's all going to take care of itself." Like, yes. were the walk? Were they thinking the walkers were going to get in by themselves, or? They, the people inside, were going to beg for mercy. You remember at the beginning of the episode when they were standing there, Eugene and what was the, what's the other savior chick, the crazy chick, were standing there and they were looking at the window and all the hands were on the glass. Oh, right. 
And she said, "It's couple, he said, how much longer? And she said, a couple more days. Before they break the gra- glass and yeah, before it Yeah, before it's... And it was... And when I first heard it, I thought they were like, oh, we'll wait it out a couple more days. But no, they, they meant that in a couple more days, uh, they're going to get through. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so... So everything was going along the, the line, the plan. Now, they didn't know what Eugene was doing, which mm-hmm. if Eugene's thing was successful... Yes, it would have fucked the entire plan up. Right. But Dwight was there to put a kibosh on that one. And and if they had waited a couple more days, that would have given Rick enough time to bring the junkyard dogs yeah. right. to see that they were actually surrounded. So all in all, in hindsight, everything would have been fine if they didn't go in there. Now, the question is, them driving that truck through the front, did that end up... Allowing everyone to escape. Did that end end up, which it did, but did it end up um, completely throwing the plant, the balance off by allowing uh, the walkers through one end and opening up a door on another end of the building so they get out? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, did it them would not having this the walkers surrounding the building. See if I can get this out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did it allow for attention to be at, focused on one part of the building so that they could then escape at another? Yeah, that's a good question because the question we all had at the end of the episode was... What the fuck happened? Exactly. Yeah. How did they get out and what happened to the walkers? I think I, I think my theory is correct on that. My theory is not necessarily what I just said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Try and follow that. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> Do you want me to explain? Yeah. Well, I mean, my thought on the how they... We're not going to go into the, the junkyard dogs right now? Okay. Uh, let me Whatever tell you. you want to do. Okay. Now, Scott and Kim were like, what the hell are you talking about? At the end of the episode, when Rick rolls up... Rick roll. <laughs> he rolls up with the junkyard dogs. Everybody's gone. The snipers are dead, right? Or the sniper that we see. Mm-hmm. But Morgan's not around. No one's picking up the radio. There is the truck that they that Daryl and them drove into the building, mm-hmm. and that's how all the walkers got in, right? And then right. the walkers were having a freaking buffet on the inside. And Eugene had given the idea of let's shoot our way out. That's what he was discussing with Negan. Which I did not pick up on. Which Negan said, well, that's going to take a lot of ammo. Mm-hmm. And Eugene promised, well, I can make the ammo. Just get me to my machines. I'll make you more bullets. Right. And he said, get me there or get the machines to me. I'll make you more bullets. So what his, uh, the, uh, my thought is his, his plan was, okay, shoot your way out. Just kill all the walkers. So when you look at that scene and Rick is looking down, you see the truck there where all the walkers went in. And then you see a line of other bodies which are other walkers, where I think they were shooting out from another exit, just at, at the front entry to that building as well. Took the rest of them out that were out in the yard still. So I think a bunch of them went in. I think there was still a bunch that were meandering around outside. They shot everybody inside. They shot all the walkers that were outside and got the fuck out of there. They're no longer there, which is why when you have the little snippet from next episode, they're at Alexandria now, right? Yeah, Negan and his Yeah, Negan yeah. and everybody else is at Alexandria now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're gone. They left the sanctuary. Sanctuary is no more. It's gone. 
Yeah, so when I saw that scene, my first instinct was, oh, all the walkers got in. And that's why it's so dead looking on the outside. Yeah, but there were crap loads of them. But, I mean, how many well, of them fit in there? I looked at stills of that scene, and it looks like there's... Like two lines of yeah. something coming out from the door, and there's it's like a track, and then there's like a clear space down the middle of it. Yes, like a truck had gone through. Yes, outs. So that other truck is still in the building, though, right? Right, Daryl's truck is still yeah. head in yeah, yeah, yeah. to the building. Um, now there's a perfect line coming out. I didn't know what that was, though. I thought that was just like I don't know, maybe they were shooting their way out, and yeah, they were blocking it as they're shooting or something like that. Maybe everybody had like. You know, four by eight plywood and then moving along and shooting them as they were going. I don't know. That all seems kind of ridiculous. Well, there looks like there's a pile of bodies or something behind the dump truck as well. So that's why it made me kind of think maybe you're right. That I know that pains you to say. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll say it again. I think you're right. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> two in a row. <laughs> two in a week. I know. Don't get used to it. Yeah, so I think that's exactly what happened. And I think Eugene was the direct, you know, he, he's the one that made that happen. There's something else that happened in that plan that I don't, we don't know. Yeah. And we're going to find out. Like, I'm worried. I'm concerned about the workers inside. But Rick convinced the junkyard dogs to go there, and nobody's there. And that's mainly what happened. Everybody's already gone. And the, the guy that was hanging from the tower where Rick... Finds him and he's being eaten by walkers. Was that one of Rick's snipers? Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so, yeah. Because he picked up the walkie-talkie and he was trying to get in touch with the other snipers. Mm. So that was their walkie-talkie. There was a death in the comics that happened like that. Oh, really? Where um, somebody's foot, I'm not going to say who it was, but their foot got caught. They were coming down from a tower. Their Mm. foot got caught and they flopped over like that and got eaten. Oh. Well, okay. I guess it was an homage to that, then. I think it was. Okay. Yeah, but I won't say who. It was kind of embarrassing for Rick, because he's like, all right, guys, oh, very we finally got you out. And then he's like, shit. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's party's gone. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Okay, so Rick and, and Junkyard Dogs, Jadis, why would Jadis all of a sudden be like, yeah, we'll make a deal? Even though her face is, like, right in a walker's face. I don't think that would be... What do you mean? She's forced to make a deal at that point. Why is she forced to make a deal? Because... She still has the men, the manpower on Rick at that moment. Well, because she's she's getting ready to get her face eaten off. All she has to do is Should say, we... do just like what she did before. Like, yeah, I'll make a deal with you. And as soon as she stands up, she's like, fuck you, and starts yeah, shooting. Okay, okay. The point, the I think the the crux of it is... Why would Rick trust anything the woman says anyway? Well, that too. And why is he going back to trust this woman when they already turned on her, which yes. she's even bringing up? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oceanside. Like, go to Oceanside. Come on. At least we know those people have some values. These people are freaking eating rotten cat food and shit and sitting around nude sculpting stuff. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> and she wants that to be part of their plea deal. <laughs> All right. Before we get into Janice and her oh, people, Jesus. <laughs> Jadis, uh, let's take a break real quick. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Oh, you need another beer. I do need a beer. Okay. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> take a break. And we'll be right back. Okay. We're back. And uh, I think there was a series of things we want to talk about. Actually, I think we were talking about. 
at the very end, maybe we'd bring up the junkyard dogs a bit more, but you wanted to talk about Morgan? Uh, yeah. Where did Morgan come from? <laughs> <laughs> Where does Morgan ever come from? I mean, he last time we saw him, he walked off, right? He walked off from the woods when he uh, was shooting at Jared and crew, the chain gang. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen him since. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I cannot but correct you. Someone else can, possibly. I don't think we've seen him since then. And so Maybe it's not. like, Maybe not. how did Morgan end up at the sanctuary and a part of this whole deal? Well, I guess, I mean, we're assuming he's like in charge of of orchestrating all the, the snipers because they, it, well, okay. Well, I was going to say, maybe this is how he ends up on fear of the walking dead. He just kind of walks off and then he just shows up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, he does kind of do that. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's a ninja. Yeah. So we don't know where Stealthy he goes. Stealthy little guy. But I mean, they may kind of make that excuse for him. He's with the snipers. Mm-hmm. So after they, um, they're left there, when Rick and the, and crew go in to make their initial um, case to the sanctuary and start shooting them all up, so they left snipers there at, at that point. We didn't see Morgan at that point, but I guess we're to assume that he was gone because he's stationed out in some sniper nest mm-hmm. somewhere that entire time. Now he was. We did see him actually in a building across from the sanctuary. At that point, when they were doing, when they first in this episode, was it that in? Was that this episode? Yeah. Was it only this episode? I'm pretty sure. I feel like we need to go back and watch. But like the last I time, I thought he was set up before that. He was like a little wonky in the head, thinking, "I don't know if I can do this anymore," and was freaking out and like. I you know what I think I'm thinking shit. of like episodes in the past. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a little while. Okay. So it's just weird that he just pops up out of nowhere, like the squirrely little guy that he well, is. Well, he's about to pop out of everywhere and go over to fear. Not everywhere. Well, maybe. He'll show up in Texas for some reason. Maybe maybe he has a time machine. And one of our listeners called me out on my comments from last time. What? <laughs> He was laughing, thinking it was funny that I was so emotional about this, uh, about how upset I was, and that um, his theory is that there could be a time jump. Oh, because it, because fear. you were assuming Morgan was going to be completely gone from The Walking Dead. Because I said he was going to die. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, some of that can be attributed to the fact that other cast members were saying it was great having you on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I've actually I've actually read some other people's opinions about this there's been several articles that have been published since that whole announcement was made and people are saying are kind of agreeing with it was it was brian maloche our listener that um commented on what i was saying about morgan but um some of these other people were saying uh, kind of agreeing with what he was saying in that there could be a time jump on fear the walking dead and morgan just kind of like walks off into Oblivion on, like, on The Walking Dead and just kind of shows up on Fear the Walking Dead, but it doesn't mean that he's like dead and never coming back to to The Walking Dead mothership. Like he could always come back, and I had was, never entertained that idea before. I never even thought about that. That's because I was the one that told you, and you never believe anything I say. <laughs> you always wait till someone else tells you. 
Morgan, like the Walking Dead and the Fear of the Walking Dead are not aligned in time at all. So it's very possible that he would just jump over from one to the next. Then you start arguing with me saying, but he'd never have vacation or time from time <laughs> off from work. <laughs> like he's constantly filming like it, he doesn't. My argument was, well, he doesn't have to go over to fear for like the entire time. More than two episodes, really, for it True. to be a crossover. Now, the thing that is weird is that you had uh, what is uh, King Ezekiel, the actor's name is Kari Payton. Kari Payton actually said, oh, we'll miss you. That was weird to me that he actually said that. That was the only evidence at all that it was like, oh, well, he's not coming back. Well, there was one article that I read who brought up <clears throat> the whole Glenn under the dumpster thing. Okay. And about how they removed. Uh, people might be screwing around. Yeah, that uh, they removed okay. his name from the credits uh, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. totally like pretended like he was dead. Yeah, dead. Yeah, I could I could see them playing. And that this that. could be something similar to that. Yeah. So I'm gonna hold on to hope. That that's what that is. And I think the whole reason that they even brought it onto the Talking Dead, as we've talked about before, I don't know on this, but between you and I, mm-hmm. um, that they, it was leaked at some point. So they mm-hmm. had to say something. Yeah. Um, which it's unfortunate that they did because it would have been a great surprise to have him show up on Fear the Walking Dead. Because can you imagine? I can imagine sitting there watching with you and you'd be like, ah! <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> but now, you know, if it was clear Morgan and he showed up and he just started killing everyone, that would probably not be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll still be excited and happy and surprised if he just kind of like wanders off and is never killed from The Walking Dead and mm-hmm. then eventually comes back. There's no reason for him to die right now. And there's no reason for him to die because he's going on to Fear the Walking Dead. It doesn't make any sense. Because that happens before this, right? Yeah. Uh, it do, it doesn't make any sense to me why that would be a reason to kill him off in the story, other than stuff that's happening outside of the story. Well, I hope you're right. Okay. <laughs> beat that one to death. No way, man. That's like <laughs> big information, big news right now. And I, I love Lenny James. No, I like Lenny James, too. I mean, we've been watching Lenny James since he was on, um, what was that show he was on back in the day? Jericho. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gosh, yeah. remember that? That's like a blast from the past, huh? Yeah. Wow. Everything feels like a blast from the past nowadays. <laughs> 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 I'm old. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Let's talk about Daryl plowing. <laughs> now, here it, I have a line. It's written right here. Daryl began plowing through walkers. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what do you think about, like, Daryl and Tara? Like, uh, the, we talked about Michonne and um, Rosita. Rosita taking off, so. I think Daryl and Tara are fucking the pooch right now. Not together. Not together, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> they are... They're going to get the wrath of Rick, and well, it's not going to be Well, Tara's pretty. bent on revenge. Bent on revenge, right? So is Daryl. Yeah, they're both, but they're both at Dwight, right? Yeah. But Dwight is the only one that's within the compound that's helping them. So what the hell is all that about? Well, Dwight ruined both of them. I know, but Daryl is even, like, I mean, he's carrying on, like, their arrow email thing going on, and, like, they're... 
coordinating with each other. I wonder and if Daryl still is like, well, once I catch him, I'm gonna fucking skin his ass. And I wonder if Dwight understands how much, how much in he danger hates him? he is. I don't. Do you think Daryl was actually gonna kill him if he sees it? If like all this finalizes, you know what? I bet. I bet Daryl would. Yeah, I don't but think Daryl would. I bet Daryl would not. Yeah, I don't think Daryl will. I think Daryl would understand how much of a help he's been. Yeah, and change his mind. But at the same time, Daryl's like willing to kill anybody. At this moment. Yeah. He shot that other kid that um, Rick was like, oh, okay, well, just don't say anything. Yeah. But, you know, Daryl can just grunt and like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daryl will fart and kill somebody. Yeah. I, I really, at this point, I don't know where Daryl is, honestly. Like his mindset? Yeah. Well, because <laughs> he's a closed book. He yeah. only has, like, one or two lines. I thought they said he was going to be talking more in this season. I know. He really has <laughs> and not. you really don't hear anything. He's there more. He's yeah. talking more because he's not locked in a room the entire time. But, yeah, you don't, you're don't. you not seeing what the hell's going on in Daryl's mind at all. It really makes me wonder how much longer we're going to have Daryl on the show. You think? Yeah. Don't you they're, think they, it's... Uh, I mean, again, like... Again, he's franchised. He's, they're not going to kill him, though. Norman Reedus is such a big actor now. Just... Popularity-wise. Yeah. And because he's been, like, bulking up. No. I mean, I guess he has, but whatever. But... You haven't noticed? No, I haven't noticed. (laughs) 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 But, um, you know, is is for for someone with that range, for that big popularity... A range of acting? I was not going to say... I I changed my mind. Not range of acting. Not not a good choice of words. Um... (laughs) Have you seen his Shakespeare? <laughs> He's really good on ride. <laughs> He's really good on ride. <laughs> yeah. He does both grunting and motorcycle riding incredibly well. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, no, but for him to be as big as he is and not have that many lines, will you stop? <laughs> Jesus. Um, it just doesn't seem like he would be satisfied as an actor. Stop! Gotta have to cut all this shit out. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't see him dissatisfied in what he's doing. (laughs) I mean, I guess he's making easy money. Yeah, I mean, what, he's got two shows he's doing right now? Mm -hmm. And he barely has to say anything in either of them? (laughs) I mean, Jesus Christ, that's great. (laughs) I'd go for it. He just has to wear a hat with a funny saying on it every now and then. And wear sunglasses. He doesn't even have to say shit with his eyes. I mean, come on. He can barely open them. I was going to say, there's a reason he wears sunglasses yes. inside. Does he have an issue with his eyes? Well, he was in a car accident or a uh, motorcycle accident. Is that why he squints so much? Several years ago. And he has like a metal plate in his oh. head. Well, I mean, but he's and always... And it gives him headaches. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. he's always squinted a lot. Yeah, it's because of the sunlight. It gives oh, him headaches. Okay. Okay. It's a true thing. Okay. It's true. It's true. It's totally true. true. Don't be talking shit about it, man. (laughs) Anyways, but yeah, I think when Rick finds out what both of them have done, I mean, Rick's going to come down hard on them. And and these are things that, like, Carol got kicked out of the group at one point for killing um, those two people. Gosh, I can't remember the name. Karen and whatever that guy's name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are offenses that these two could be kicked out of the group for. But at this point in time, I don't know if Rick would do that, but he would definitely get super pissed. 
and not be able to trust them anymore. Don't you agree? Yeah. And no, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think through, like, if there's anything different that Daryl was doing than what Tara was doing. Like, is Tara stepping over the bounds even more than what Daryl is? No, she's I don't kinda, think so. She is kind of egging them on, though. I mean, she's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, totally. She's, she's like, okay, let's keep doing this. Because you, you could see he when Michonne left, he was starting to question what he was doing, too. And Tara was like, come on, let's do it. I don't do know it. if he was questioning what they were doing. He, I think he was he, more like, shit, I don't want her to leave. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Because I he, think the more people that are involved with it, the more justified he feels. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was surprised that he didn't just say at that point, screw it, let's not do it then. Yeah. But he is the one who drove the truck into the building. Yep. At least he put a cinder block in there because you were like, oh, God, thank God. <laughs> Daryl's not driving into the building. <laughs> not going to lose Daryl. And then when he drove into the building, it was like, there's no way fucking walkers are getting through now. I know, it's you like plugged the, the hole. Yeah, you plug in the hole with the truck, and then mm. all of a sudden it was like, oh, but there is like a five-foot gap on either on side either of the truck. either side, yeah. Somehow. Suspend disbelief. Exactly. Don't, Whereas don't Scott even question says, it. suspend belief. <laughs> <laughs> I get to pick on Scott because he's not here. And you're his brother. <laughs> yes. So you're allowed to do that. Because <laughs> he has to teach, and it's the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Final exam time. So, so Jadis and crew. Uh-huh. What's up with the sculpting naked? Doesn't that seem like it's a little dangerous? I, it, Especially metal sculpting. <laughs> yeah, that's you might, very true. You might poke a hole in yourself, and then you're introducing walker guts, and boom, you're dead. Back to your original theory on yep. Father Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the weird thing was the um, the Polaroids. Again with the Polaroids. Everybody's and, trying to prove stuff. And this time, and that was one of our original questions, actually, early in the season, why the hell is Rick taking Polaroids of everybody? Mm-hmm. So we find out he's actually taking it as proof mm-hmm. uh, to bring back to not maybe not necessarily just Jadis, but any other groups around of how they're finally taking the Negan people like out. Like Oceanside? Like, I, that's why I said not just Jadis, because my fingers are crossed, still doing the Oceanside. Hopefully Aaron and uh, what's-her-face, Enid. Old what's-her-face, yes. <laughs> I was, I was going to say Caitlin Nacon, her actual name. Yeah, because, um, yeah, we talked about that last season, or last uh, season, last episode about that, oh, they're too far away. We don't really know. I mean, we don't really have an understanding of uh, topography or, like, distances mm-hmm. or whatever that's going on with this show. They right. keep that good and secluded from, from us, but... They, you know, they're back here, and, and uh, Jadis is taking photos of Rick for the after. And the after is? After he gets killed by Winslow 2.0. Where's the Winslow coming from? That's his name. Is, is it? That was, Wins- that was the original one's name, yeah. Who called him Winslow? I think I mean, Jadis I saw, did. Really? I saw that on um, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, heard, I saw the Winslow 2.0. But yeah, it's Spiky Walker guy. Yeah. Spike head. Mr. Pincushion. I wonder who's making him, making all these little I don't Winslows. Know. But I wouldn't put it past Jadis. She seems to really like these things. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was very fascinating that Rick was able to rip his freaking head off. Well, uh, you called it. You're like, his head's coming off. His head's coming off. Yep. And then, boop. And, but Rick, during the entire time, he's like doing ninja moves with the stick that's attached to the Winslow guy's head. <laughs> 
Like beating people up. Morgan. With, yeah, he's beating people up with the end of the stick that's attached to the walker. Yeah, no wonder his head popped off. That was a little goofy. It was a little goofy, but it was also kind of cool. The cool part was when he finally did rip the guy's head off and then killed the other dude with that stick or knocked him out, whatever he did to him. Yeah, but that's the point is, like, I feel I'm I find it hard to believe that Jadis would be that frightened, I guess. By the walker head? Yeah. She wouldn't be like, ooh, that's so cool. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, she wouldn't have used that many words. Oh, yes. Ooh, cool. That is after... Something. She would have said, cool. You are. No, no, you. Uh, yeah, she doesn't use pronouns. No. At all. No, not ever. Or cool stuff. Cool. Okay. Now. <laughs> but Rick's lines and during that were awesome. And then him saying, I'm leaving. I don't care what the fuck you say. I am leaving. Sculpt whatever shit you want. Yeah. I am leaving. Yep. In his underwear. So, but no, that was not how he was leaving because he says, give me my boots, give me my clothes now. Mm-hmm. I am leaving. But then he still stuck around to make a deal with her. Yeah. Like that I was mean, not a dramatic okay, exit so that, that I was, I was waiting not, for. Yeah, I was not arguing with you on that too much because I agree with you. He was like, fucking open the doors, I'm out of here. Yeah. But at the same point, he was, I mean, that's the reason he was there in the first place was mm-hmm. to make a deal. So... When she stands up and she's like, we get all our stuff after we defeat them. He's like, you get a fourth. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we get half. He's like, nah, nope, you still get a quarter. She's like, okay, fine. But I get to sculpt you without your boxers on. He's like, nope, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, fine. <laughs> so she's pretty easy to negotiate with, it seems like. <laughs> That's why I find it hard to believe that any of that happened. Yeah. Or could have happened. Well, she's... She'll probably still get her naked sculpture session at some point. Hmm. You think the rest of us will get to see that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, you know what was actually funny when they bring him out for photos. I was thinking, good lord, there is a massive fan base of women out there right now going, ah, like, yay. <laughs> Air-chested Rick. Yes, and then they <laughs> showed him in his boxers, which was hilarious. Yes. It was like old man boxers. Blue old man boxers. It Yeah, it did kind of take his masculinity away a bit by doing that. Yeah. I'm actually kind of glad they weren't tidy whities though. Yeah. Oh, yes. That would have been worse. But, um... He did look like, yeah, he was yeah getting ready to go brush his teeth or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he needed to just, like, scratch... And <laughs> well, he'd been held in a hot box that entire time, so sweaty. Yes, sweaty balls. Yes, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so to be confident standing in a pair of boxers—that's a test of a man, right there. It is. No weapons. No clothes. Just you and your boxer shorts. And his mighty stick. Just you and your boxer shorts <laughs> fighting a guy <laughs> with a spiky head. Right. Yeah. It was Rick's, awesome. Rick's a badass. He is. <laughs> uh, anything else about this episode? I think we covered it all. Well, I, you know, I don't know if there is much else about the episode. Um, I mean, Rick has... 
finally got the junkyard dogs on his side, and <laughs> they have no one to fight. Exactly. I have no idea. I mean, are they still following him after this? That's where I'd... I mean, as the junkyard leader, um, I'd be like, you dumb. <laughs> and, like, walk away. No, she doesn't use you. Oh, She's sorry. a dumb. Um, dumb. Yeah, I think that he's going to have a really hard time convincing them to stick around after all this. And she's going to probably be like, I'm heading back to Negan. Make a deal with Negan. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think that's actually going to happen, though. I think it, that we're just going to assume that they still have this deal where she's going to follow them and protect them and fight where they need to fight. So mm-hmm. I guess what we're seeing from the next episode is Negan's crew rolling up on Alexandria. And I guess... Junkyard Dogs and Rick are going to come from behind and take him out. Yeah. We shall see. Yep. Well, I mean, we it, next, okay, next week's episode is the mid-season finale. So there is big shit going down. Oh, totally. Somebody's going to die. Yep. And we will make predictions about who's going to die. Okay. All right. All right. Are we going to take a break? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we will be right back. All right, we're back, and it is time for the hit and miss, which we all know is Kim's favorite. No, I'm not going to even say it. Kim. Thank you. Thank you. You can go first. We know it's not your favorite time. Thank you. All right, you know, even though I liked this episode, I had a very hard time picking a hit. Really? There was not just one single thing that kind of stood out to me. Okay. So I'll just briefly say I did. Rick Naked. Oh, yeah, that was kind of good. <laughs> that was kind of good. Um, he wasn't totally naked, though. Okay. But that's all right. Um, Take it where you get it. Uh, Eugene's kite contraption. Yeah. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, shout out to Stem. And... <laughs> you already did your shout out to Stem. I, I'm doing it again. science nerd. I'm doing it again. Um, the fact that he came up with that little idea so quickly was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I thought that was cool. I thought and that was very cool. That did it was... with, you know, junk that was just laying around. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And I kind of liked um, when Rick popped the head off that Winslow oh, 2.0. Okay. Yeah, that's a hit. yeah, that's a good hit. That was actually a pretty good Walker scene. So. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Okay, that's a good hit. Did you ha- did Scott send in? Ex- Scott's not here, but he did send us some stuff. Yes, and Scott's hit was as he calls it, the Walker lollipop. Okay. So he says it was hilarious when Winslow 2.0's head popped off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My hit was um, Rick's little diatribe at the end there where he said, you can do your drawings, you can do your sculptures, and all that <laughs> other shit, but I'm leaving. <laughs> Which I thought was great. That was perfect. That was actually a very funny yes, scene. That was awesome. I loved the the delivery on that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean it was just like it was like, okay, let's stop I'm he's serious, but at the same time it's like it's seriousness without the formality. It's like, fuck all y'all, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> you guys are screwed up. And I'm getting the fuck out of here. 
Stop with the fucking sculptures and shit. <laughs> I actually read that he had wanted to do that scene totally mm. naked. I forgot oh, really? to mention that before. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the producers wouldn't let him. Really? Yeah. He wanted to do it in only his boots. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that would have been well, hilarious. Well, Jadis had the boots the entire time. Yeah. Boots aren't looking too good. Nope. Nope. So my miss was the junkyard dogs. I think it's very unbelievable that Jadis would have flipped the way she did and thrown her weight behind Rick and his plan. Seeing as how they were so adamant to be around or to be behind Negan before. I guess the thought is that they're so simple-minded in how they... I mean, not even dumb. It's just not um, ignorant. They're just simple in how they go about who they're following, their allegiance, mm-hmm. that they can be turned quickly, but if they have a direction, they're going to keep going that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So as long as he's confident that he has their attention, they're going to be behind him for whatever, and and with the promise of them getting more stuff. So I guess the key to that is making sure that no one else talks to them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and sways their opinions. I mean, they're worse than Eugene. Yeah. I don't know. Just seems weird. All right. Um, my miss was not necessarily a miss. It was a miss for the character of Eugene. Mm-hmm. It was when, um, Negan offered his hand and Eugene tried to kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a... Awesome little tidbit that was put yeah. in there. Like, complete miss by Eugene. Yeah. That and, was actually kind of cute. And, yeah, and, and he was like, I was going for a handshake. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah. So it's not technically a miss. It's a miss by Eugene's character. He screwed up. Yeah, but I liked um, the humor that Negan threw into that, too. And then he explains, he's like, I can understand how you would get that confused. Mm-hmm. I do not offer a handshake to many people. <laughs> that was a good scene. All right, Scott's miss is also the junkyard dogs in that they did not just shoot Rick when he was fighting them, and he thought that was really lame. They were going to kill him anyways, and Jada would have shot him when he started fighting back. Big miss. Can you hear Scott's voice saying that? Yeah, it's a big miss. I mean, come on. Why would they do that? (laughs) I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. (laughs) That's how Scott would probably probably say yeah. yeah. Um, Yes, but Scott, uh, I have to say that he is the largest protagonist on the show, and they would not kill him off that easily. Yes. So miss might have been how it was written. No one's killing off Rick. Not anytime soon. No. Maybe in season 10. Okay, we do have a couple of listener comments. Emmeline Veltkamp said, Daryl Dunn messed it all up. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly yes. how she said it. Several <laughs> exclamation points. <laughs> I'm not sure where Emmeline's from. Do you? I don't know. She probably wouldn't have a good southern accent like that. Hopefully I delivered it correctly. I don't know. She's probably from like Canada. No. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Emmeline, tell us where you're from, yeah, since you right. write in all the time. Mark LaVarnway, who's from Texas. Is he? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Mark had a lot to say, so I just kind of took a little tidbit here. And thank God Kim is reading it. 
Eugene's at a complete loss on what to do. If he was 100% Negan, he would have snitched Dwight out immediately. But he obviously is not 100% Negan. This is his struggle. He just wants to stay alive, and his cowardice compels him to act irrationally. His only moment of bravery was to launch the glider with Dwight's gun at his head, but this was still an act of self-preservation. He knew Dwight would have would have a ton of questions to answer for killing Eugene when Eugene was following Negan's orders. Mm -hmm. Good point. Eugene had to face several past poor decisions this episode where he failed to help the greater good, had to face one of Negan's wives he had betrayed early on, had to face Sasha's casket, and face Father Gabriel with a new opportunity to do right. But he refuses. So what's it going to take for him to grow a pair? Well, I don't think he ever is going to grow a pair. No, but, well, he's got a good point. I mean, they're, they're throwing a lot of uh, tests his way um, to see where he's going to go. And um, they're really trying to make it seem like he is totally on Negan's side. Mm -hmm. There's no way Eugene would ever be good enough to help out Rick and them again. I don't think anybody's ever going to believe that, though. I think at some point Eugene's going to show favor to Rick and them and help them. It might be end up in his demise at some point. Um, but there's, I don't think there's any way that he would fully ever turn. And they're in this episode, especially they're really trying to show that. But at the very end, again, like with Dwight and him, when he had the position of, he could, he could have pussed out completely when Dwight showed up in the room. But when he had the position of telling on Dwight and saying, listen, Dwight's your snitch, he didn't do it. Right. Dwight would have been gone at that point. Mm -hmm. So he still has some humanity. He still has some responsibility uh, for his actions affecting other people. So no matter what he says that he doesn't give a shit about, he's, he's not going to completely turn on that. Negan is so psychotic that he doesn't care. You know, mm -hmm. everything else around him is a vehicle for his own survival. Eugene says that, but it's not true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, Negan will actually kill somebody to prove a point. Eugene can't lift a finger <laughs> towards anybody. And when he has a opportunity to make himself look better by finding out who the snitch is, even setting the whole thing up, saying, I have one more thing I could tell you, he doesn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I have a feeling that something with Rosita is going to bring him back over. Why? Uh, just because they had the connections from early on? Yeah, I think because of their past. I think that... Do they still connect at all? Like, as a friendship in this in this series? I mean, I don't... I mean, well, not at the moment. But it doesn't mean that she can't make him come over. I think Rosita's very pissed off at, the, at everything that he has done. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that Abraham is gone. You know, I think... I think that she would be even more pissed off if she knew that he were throwing his allegiance behind Negan. But of course, I also think that all she has to do is tell him, like, you know, this is the way it used to be. Like, remind him of the past, you know, mm -hmm. what they used to have together, the three of them, and remind him of their friendship and loyalty and that sort of thing. And I have a feeling that that would kind of trigger in him that need to belong to a family again because that was kind of like his family hmm. the three of them so and you know he used to watch <laughs> remember the library scene where he would watch them having sex yes in the library behind the books you know like he 
he knows Rosita more than he knows everybody else in more ways than exactly. one. And he just so has just that connection, even though Those they two are hate everybody. Like, I know. They she do. hates him right now. They're just bitter. Bitter women. Yeah. Okay. okay. Should talk to all right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. I understand what you're saying. I understand that there's like a inherent connection that they must have because they spent more time together, but they don't, they never really illustrate that too much in, yeah. in this show that there would be. Yeah. I mean, if you look in, into the depths of like, okay, where are these characters coming from? Yeah. That makes sense that there would be something, but they never really bring that out that I've seen. And the other comment we had is from Brian Maloche. He said, just because Morgan is leaving The Walking Dead does not mean he's dying this season on The Walking Dead. Just because Fear the Walking Dead is behind The Walking Dead timeline does not mean that it's going to stay that way. Think massive time jump. So (laughs) that is in direct response to me going off last week about the whole crossover thing. Yeah, which we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. But... Interestingly enough, Brian is the co-host of the Walking Dead Talk Through podcast, and they recently released an episode where they discussed the whole Morgan crossover, and he's got some good points. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so cool. everybody should check cast. that out. What, series regular. What was Just Jenna for Elfman a different point of name. view. And God, she was in a show back in the 90s. What the heck was the name? That was funny. So just a little bit of news. Um, They've announced some of the new cast members for Fear of the Walking Dead. Maggie Grace from Lost is joining the crew as a series regular. And also Jenna Elfman, which I think is a very interesting choice. Okay. She's going to be on the cast as a series regular. What was Jenna Elfman in? I know the name. God, she was in a show back in the 90s. What the heck was the name of that show? Dharma. Dharma and Greg. Greg... Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, that one. So, which is funny that she was on Dharma, and uh, Maggie Grace is coming from Lost, which was the whole Dharma initiative. That's kind of funny, huh? I just thought about that. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) That's That's, an interesting link. It's like six degrees of bacon. (laughs) I definitely don't think that's a positive to be adding into the Fear of the Walking Dead. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's very weird. Like, where the heck has Jenna Elfman been for the past 10 years or more? I don't know. They've been very good about not pulling in people that are very popular. Yeah, now they're bringing in a bunch of popular people. I think is important for trying to get the storylines across, not having someone that is very recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just don't understand. I mean, it's like they're trying to, I don't know, boost the ratings. By bringing in these people that are recognizable, well, tr- but I mean, if you can do that, try harder. <laughs> like mm-hmm. bring some, bring some bigger names in. It'll probably be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also heard that. Um, what's his face? Um, <laughs> spoiler alert! I also heard that Daniel might be leaving. Like, his character is going to be written off the show. Really? Why? Because he's, like, a pretty popular person. Well, they just got him back. I know. And he keeps leaving and coming back. Um, The other little bit of news, <laughs> also just in time for Christmas, The Walking Dead, the Telltale series collection, was released today for PlayStation 4 and Xbox, and you can also download it digitally for your computer. And... If you are not familiar with Telltale, I don't know if you know about this, Stuart. Um, this is the game that um, 
Clementine is on. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Melissa Hutchison voices Clementine. Um, the collection is going to include the recent third season, The Walking Dead, A New Frontier, mm-hmm. plus first and second season, um, as well as the horror anthology 400 Days and the Michonne miniseries. Wow. So chock full of goodness. Yeah, it should be good for the kids for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be great. Okay, cool. But they I really, all pick their own characters. I know. I was going to say, I really like this show because, uh, this show, this game because it's one of those choose your own adventure games. Yes, right. So it has all different kinds of directions it can go in yes. based on what you choose. But um, but the final season for the Walking Dead games are going to debut in 2018. Will also be available for Xbox and PS4 and your computer. I like this game actually a lot. The third one is is kind of a an interesting little piece of news, and that is that Chandler Riggs just released his first original song oh, on okay. Spotify. And he did it under the name of Eclipse. Oh, maybe we should play that at the end of the podcast. That's what I'm saying. Under the, like, his name is Eclipse? Yeah. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And he teamed up with another girl, um, a singer named Lullaby, who I've never heard of before. Well. But I listened to the song, and it's actually kind of good. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I can't tell where Chandler's voice comes in at. Okay. But but he does DJ. Like, he DJs on the side, and he actually tours. Of course he does. All right. And he did the um, the Walking Dead cruise and DJed on there. Oh, really? Yeah. So, All right. So he's... And I think his dad's in a band down in Sonoy. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to him. I don't know anything about what his music abilities are, but it's just... Yeah. It's kind of like a synth pop type thing. Naming yourself Eclipse. It's kind of weird. A little weird. So check that out, everybody. Mm-hmm. That's it for the news. So next week on the mid-season finale of The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 8, How It's Gotta Be. Every story and battle from the first half of the season comes crashing together in this action-packed, emotional mid-season finale. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Good Lord. Every story. Well, I freaking hope so, because... Well, we've got um, Rick and crew with, well, I shouldn't even say Rick and crew. We have Rick and his new crew, which are the junkyard dogs. We have, um, where the hell did Morgan go? (laughs) Um, Daryl and Tara on their own. Michonne and everybody's back, like knitting or something back in Alexandria. Well, I guess Michonne and and, uh, Rosita walked back. Who the fuck else is left? The kingdom and their vegetable garden. Yeah, not many people left there in the hilltop. Oh, hilltop. Oceanside. Hilltop, yeah, hilltop's huge. That's true. That's big. Mm -hmm. So. It all comes crashing. How does it all come crashing? And and like we said, Enid and Aaron went off on their own little mission. Oh, that's true. That's true. Where where do you think they went? Exactly. I think they went to hilltop. I mean, not hilltop. Oceanside. Oceanside. You think so? Yeah. You think so? That's what I think. Hmm. They have to recruit more people because um, sink. Uh, what did they even? King Ezekiel's people are gone. But what did they even say when they were leaving? He, they said they were going to go. We need to win the war, right? And that what uh, Aaron was saying. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, I'll win the war too, <laughs> and become more of a usable character on the show." <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. I think they're going to go correct, uh, collect more people. But here's a question we haven't addressed yet. What? Who do you think is going to die next week? Because the prediction is that something major is going to happen. I'm thinking Enid. No. Really? I'm hopeful. She's not even going to be around. <laughs> or hopeful. I've never liked Enid. Um, Gabriel's toast. Come on. Gabriel's out. Gabriel's definitely out. Uh, anybody else? Which is not do a they, surprise. Do they have to do anybody else if they kill Gabriel? Well, that's not very, like, emotional. Tara? Tara could be toast. I don't think Tara's going to go. I don't not think so, but yet. she could be. She, she's kind of, um, I mean, she's kind of a fire under Daryl and stuff, right? Now. I mean, I, she's she's stirring a lot of shit up. She could she could be toast. Is there anybody that is, um, oh, the, the audience would be emotionally close to right now that they would just hack off right before the Christmas season? <laughs> I, I have a, a big prediction. I'm going to go with this one. Okay. I have a feeling Carl might go. No way. Are you kidding? Because his music career is taking off? It's <laughs> <laughs> going to eclipse the show? It could. Um, well, I mean, it is a fact that he is a young actor, and he's mm-hmm. pre- pretty much grown up on this show. And, like, would he want to continue on this show for as long as they're predicting it could last? Well, they just they just set him up with this guy. I mean, maybe this guy's not a good guy. Maybe he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But now he's just bringing this new guy into the fold. I don't know. I mean, they're kind of setting him up to be, like, you know. Important? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that. But maybe he gets turned on. Maybe he, like, maybe we find out, okay, well, he trusted someone they shouldn't have trusted. I don't know. I, I don't see that happening. I don't I, I think I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, I'm going to predict Carl. And I'm going to predict Gabriel. So those are my two. And I think it's mostly just because of the actor. Chandler Riggs. He's growing up. And, you know, he was supposed to go to University of Alabama this year, and he quit. He dropped out. And um, I don't know. I just think that he's kind of like a restless soul. He's he's trying to find his way. He's a teenager. He's a teenager. Yeah. So I'm just going to predict that. Okay. And that would be huge. That would be something very big for the character of Rick. To kind of devastate him and at the same time piss him off enough to want to really destroy Negan and his people. I'm also kind of secretly hoping hoping that Gregory goes away. <laughs> Gregory's not going away. <laughs> well, who else? Who do you- the meme said, I am going to watch this until that guy requests an eye. That's really bad that I'm laughing at that. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit what's going on. I'm waiting until he asks for an eye. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> that was pretty bad, but funny. On that note, Facebook and uh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I think so. And we'll see who you guys think is going to die. So make sure you log in with your... Uh, with your um, choices, with your picks. Yeah. It was just fun. Oh, oh man, I saw the <laughs> most awesome meme the other day. What? It, it, well, when you were talking about Carl, it, it reminded me. It was a guy with an eye patch, and he was on Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. And um, 
<laughs> the meme said, I am going to watch this until that guy requests an eye. That's really bad that I'm <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit what's going on. I'm waiting until he asks for an eye. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> that was pretty bad, but funny. On that note, you can you can reach Stuart at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find him on Twitter at fearmepod. <laughs> And on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast and on the web at fearmepodcast.com and you can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Good night. So next week on the mid-season finale of... (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear it or is it just me? It's just you. (laughs) You're not saying it at all. (laughs) I do. Do you want me to say it? Mm -mm. I'm doing the shit. (laughs) 